I had three events happen in late summer. Three unexpected events happen in late summer. The first was that my youngest daughter at the end of swim season was sitting on the diving board at that pool right there. And there were other kids coming on the diving board and diving off. And I said to her, honey, you need to get off the diving board. Honey, you need to get off the diving board. And finally, one of the kids who got on the diving board jostled her over. And as she made her way into the pool, the side of her head clipped the edge of the sharp edge of the pool and gashed her head open. So when I picked her up, you know, blood's flowing everywhere. We look like we've come out of something from, you know, the TV news. Everybody at the pool got quiet because, you know, there was bright red everywhere. And I'm like, ah, because I'm a man and blood scares me. And, ah, you know, I, had, I was trying to prevent blood loss and death. And so I get her to the place and they're like, no, she hasn't fractured her skull. No, it's not that bad. No, there's not a concussion. It's just stitches. And I thought, oh, this is awesome. Until I got the bill, which was $1,050. I've got needle and thread at home. Okay. Then a few weeks later at the beginning of September, uh, I had done the math for college tuition. So I have another kid that's in college right now. And so I had mapped it out and I knew exactly what I had to write a check for every month. And I did the math seven times. Seven times, okay? I can count. I know that two plus two is four, but I missed something seven times, and I was $800 short. So I had to write them a check at the beginning of September for $800 extra. Ah, And then two weeks after that, my son, who had a job at the time delivering pizza, he had a gig in Lexington when he had borrowed um, Jenny's van for something. He called me. He's going, hey, I'm really running a little behind. Can I just borrow the van to run, uh, deliver pizza tonight? And I was like, no problem. And then I knew there might have been a problem a couple hours later when he called and he goes, um, so does the van have a spare tire? Okay, and I thought, well, that's not, that's not bad, you know, flat tire. No, like the van, a boulder, giant boulder from the road jumped up and attacked the van and it killed the tire and the rim and like some other things to like, you know, $760. Bam. I know. It turns out that Murphy was right. If it can go wrong, it will go wrong. You've heard the same thing. Stuff happens. Stuff breaks. People get sick. Kids break their arms. And unexpected stuff is going to happen in your life, and chances are it's going to cost some money. Cha-ching! Okay? Most Americans are not prepared for unexpected events. I want you to be different. I want you to be better than most Americans. But I also want you to know some things about being an American that are a little different today than they used to be. And so I've got some pictures that I want to explain some things. There are lots of reasons why Americans are not prepared. And so one reason is that you may have a problem other Americans have, which is you've got a wage problem. And if there was an, if there was an airline warning device in your wage life, it would be going altitude, altitude. And some of you are like, preach it. Can I take you to meet my boss? Okay. Here's the thing. For a long time in America, if your company did well and productivity went up and you kind of shared in that. 
And then nowadays, like your company can be doing really well. And what they'll do is they'll keep your wage the same and then like fire 10,000 people and make even more money. So you might have a wage problem. That's one thing that is afflicting Americans today. Another problem that comes up for why Americans aren't prepared to, um, for unexpected events is savings, okay? See how people used to save money? Look what happened to it. Americans stopped saving money, especially in the 1990s and 2000s. Do you know what the American way of saving was? Hey, hon, let's just tap our home equity. Let's go to Disney World. We'll just do some home equity. We need a car. Let's just do some home equity. Because, you know, every year your house was worth like $20,000 more. It was like free money. And so Americans were like, whoa, this home equity ATM is awesome. And then 2008 happened, and, and a lot of Americans were like, you know, it hurt, okay? But the good news is, since the, these little bars here are recessions, look at what started happening since the recession. Americans are like, I'm going to save some money now. So that, that's good, okay? The, another reason that Americans aren't necessarily as prepared for, oh, yeah, it's, part of saving is when you, you see the marshmallow, you eat the marshmallow, right? So I, I see a Kindle, I want a Kindle, I get a Kindle, for me, it's all uh, Microsoft products. Thankfully, they don't make much, <laughs> many of those, and they're not released often, so it's easier to save money, okay? So the third problem, if we'll go to the next picture, is that and when I'm uh, performing the ceremony for a young couple getting married, I will, I will highlight this for them, and that is as a young couple starting out in, let's say, 2015, I'm going to do a ceremony for a couple next week, okay, and they're just starting out. Their buying power isn't what my father or my father-in-law's buying power was. Okay, so my father, in roughly 1968, 1970, his income was $5,000, and he bought a $15,000 home. If you go to the next picture, my father-in-law was a college professor. He made more. (laughs) He made $8,000, and he bought an $18,000 home. You notice similarity between those two things? If you go to the next picture, I'll draw it out for you. It was a one to three ratio. In other words, they could buy a home that was roughly three times their gross income. And I'll get a young couple that sits down to me and I'll go, so write down your gross income, multiply that by three, what can you afford? And then usually they start crying. (laughs) We can't afford anything. We could buy a van, honey, and live in that. Okay. And it's, you know, tragic. Okay. So if we go to the next picture, buying power. So if you do the math and you figure things out, in today, in, in 2015, to do what my father and my father-in-law could do in 1970, you need to be depositing in the bank $45,000 a year. And what that translates into an hourly wage is $31 an hour. Now, some of you sitting here are like, whoa, that's a lot of money. I know. If we go to the next slide, you'll see why. Because for most Americans, so this is hourly wage of Americans that are paid hourly wages broke down by tenths. So in order to hit that magic window, you're in the top 20% of hourly workers in America. Don't feel bad. I actually calculated for this um, my hourly wage from generations, and I make $12 an hour. So if If you're $12 an hour or more, you can go home today and go, Woo, 
I'm doing better than Max Vanderpool. If you're $112 an hour, you can go, man, pastors are paid way too much money. This is terrible. We need to have a congregational meeting, okay? So either way, right? So here's what I want you to see is that some things culturally are working to make it harder for you to get ahead financially, okay? There are cultural forces, but I want to suggest to you that despite all of those things, you can get ahead. Remember the three events I talked about at just the beginning, the diving board accident, the tuition error, the car versus boulder? Each time I wrote a check and I paid for it because I had it in the bank. I had what's called emergency funds. I didn't panic. Jenny and I didn't get into a three-hour argument. What are we going to do? The van's broken. You know, we, there was a point in our lives where we did finances that way. It was not a lot of fun. Like, she can fight hard. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Okay? So, I had money set aside. And so, today, I want to challenge you to do something really simple. If you're married, if you've got kids, if you've got a house, I want to challenge you between now and Christmas to save $1,000. That's three months. I believe you can do this between now and Christmas. Set aside $1,000. If you're single and young, you just have an apartment, I want you to set aside $500. And I want you to do this because people in your extended family, you know, your cousins you hear about, they are paycheck poor. You know those other parents you see on the soccer field or at waiting for band practice to end? They are paycheck poor. You know the people who pull into the driveway next to you? They are paycheck poor. I don't want you to be paycheck poor. I want you to have extra. I want you to beat the paycheck to paycheck poverty. And the very first step toward getting anywhere financially is to be prepared for unexpected events. Did you know the Bible actually has some very strong things to say about this? Like it does. And the Bible has some very strong words to say about being prepared for unexpected events. Now, I know some people like to bash the Bible and they go, that book's just antiquated and it's a bunch of stuff that was written a long time ago by people that's really not relevant today. Here's what I found. I've studied the Bible for a long time now. I'm a trained Pharisee. The stuff that it teaches about money, I'm telling you, it worked in 1000 BC. It did. It worked at the height of the Roman Empire. It worked in 1700 Florence, Italy, and it works today. I'm telling you, if you will just, it's almost as though it was written or inspired by the guy who designed life. It's weird the way it works out that way. And I'm telling you, okay? So in Proverbs, if you brought a paper Bible, you can actually crack it open right now. The book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 21 verse 20. Proverbs is a collection of sayings that, um, it's a collection of sayings for stuff that comes up in life regularly enough that they want to have a name for it. And Proverbs names those situations and gives you advice on how to handle them, these situations that come up in life. In other words, Proverbs says stuff like, do this and live, do this and be at peace, do this and have a respectable life. Do this. And then it does another set of things. Do that and pay the stupid tax. Do that and be in pain for a decade. You know, and so if you're a teenager, this is the book of the Bible you should read. Like there's a lot of good stuff in Proverbs. So if you're between the ages of 14 and 20, this is an awesome book in the Bible to read. Okay, so Proverbs 21:20. this is what it says. The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. So who spends whatever they get? 
fools. Did you know that three out of five Americans spend 100% or more of what they make? Three out of five, that's a majority. So according to the Bible, a majority of Americans are what? Fools. Okay. It's not wise to spend everything that you make. The funny thing is that used to be common sense. In the 1940s and 1950s, if you were to spend 125% of your income, like your grandma, your aunt, I mean, everybody would be like, what are you doing? What are you, an idiot? You know, quit that. They would be beating you down because you'd be spending, you know, stupid people spend 125% of what they make. But as we've talked about at Generations, common sense isn't so common, okay? This is important. This thing right here is important because life is seasonal. Life has winter, spring, summer, and fall, right? It has different seasons. It has, it, has, it has times of abundance. It has times of scarcity. And you need to be prepared for winter, and you need to be prepared for shots of winter that you weren't expecting like this morning, right? <laughs> and you had to turn on the heat. Okay, so let's go to the next verse, also from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 25. Ants, they aren't strong, but they store up food all summer. Ants teach us something about life. Ants teach us that winter's coming. (laughs) And in winter, it's hard to get food if you're an ant. Okay, there's a principle here. I want to suggest to you that the U.S. economy is seasonal. There are times when it's going great. There are times where it's not going great. There are seasons to things. The funny thing is, in 2008, it was a wake-up call for a lot of Americans because of a lot of Americans just assumed the economy would always be good, my income will always go up, the value of my home will always increase, and it was like a, oh, you mean that's not always going to be true? What? Okay, so life and economic life is seasonal, and you got to be prepared for shots of winter and unexpected events. I'm talking about like when your car water pump dies or when your six-year-old fridge goes kaput or a couple of years ago, my wife almost died. For the first time in my life, I saw a six-figure hospital bill and I was like, oh, that's what those look like. (laughs) Okay, you need to have things set aside. Proverbs is teaching us that wise men and wise women set aside money for unexpected events, all right? We see this very clearly in the life of a man named Joseph. Maybe you're familiar with his story. It's recorded in the book of Genesis. Joseph was the favored son of his father. He was envied by his brothers, and so he was sold into slavery. While he was in indentured servitude, he was accused of a crime he didn't commit. So then he was locked up in prison. And there he waited and waited and waited and rotted and rotted and waited and waited until Pharaoh had a dream that freaked him out, and then somebody remembered, hey, there's this weird guy in prison. I think he knows how to interpret dreams. So they summon for Joseph. Joseph shows up. Pharaoh tells him his dreams, and Joseph goes, oh, this, those dreams are, mean the same thing. You're going to have seven years. It's going to be like the Reagan years or the Clinton years. It's going to be awesome. Everybody's going to be doing well. Stocks are going to go up. It's going to be amazing. And then you're going to have seven years that make the Great Depression look like it was a party. I mean, it's going to be so bad, you will forget things were ever good. And so Pharaoh's like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? 
And that's when Joseph speaks up. Chapter 41 of Genesis, verses 33 and following. And they'll put it on the big screen. Joseph says this, Therefore, Pharaoh should find an intelligent and wise man and put him in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh should appoint supervisors over the land and let them collect one-fifth of all the crops during the seven good years. Have them gather all of the food produced in the good years that are just ahead and bring it to Pharaoh's storehouses. Store it away and guard it so that there will be food in the cities. That way, there will be enough to eat when the seven years of famine come to the land of Egypt. Otherwise, this famine will destroy the land." He devises a system. He saves 20% of the take during the good years. Again, we see this time and time again in Scripture. In 2008, when the bubble burst in the United States, do you know how many banks had set aside money for reserve just in case things went south? Do you know how many banks? One out of 50. 2% of U.S. banks. Some of you are like... Oh, so that's like there's that bailout thing. Oh, yes. Only two out of a hundred banks had set aside money, adequate reserves for a downturn, okay? Wise people store up for winter and unexpected events. I want to cover unexpected events for a moment. So if I could channel Dave Ramsey. (coughs) You forgot to plan dinner. So it's an emergency and you need to go out to eat. Is that an emergency? No. Okay, just checking. Your briefcase handle broke, but there's a $75 leather one on Amazon, and you need to replace that briefcase. Is it an emergency? No. Okay. Your radiator springs this leak, and all this wonderfully colored fluid is draining down your driveway. Is that an emergency? Okay, this is good. Your six-year-old fridge, you open up the door, and it's the smell of wonderfully rotted meat one morning, and it's gone kaput. Is that an emergency? Yes. Okay. All right. So if they'll put these pictures up here, I want to give you some practical advice, okay? This is your goal right here. If you are married, I want you to save $1,000. I want you to set aside $1,000 between now and Christmas. Unexpected things are going to come your way, and I want you to be prepared for them, and I don't want you to have to get into a fight with your lover over them. I want you to be prepared, okay? If you're single, it's just $500, and that's what I'm recommending, and I steal it shamelessly from both Crown Financial Ministries and Dave Ramsey. It's good advice, okay? You cannot get anywhere financially if you're not prepared for unexpected events. And again, those of you under 25, pay attention. This is so important, all right? Here's some ways to do that, all right? Here's some practical advice. One, you can do automatic deduction. If your, if your paycheck is dropped into your checking account automatically and you don't have to do it yourself, set up a savings account with your bank so that a certain chunk of that, every time your pay, paycheck drops, it automatically goes into your savings account and you never see it. Treat it like a pay-yourself tax, okay? So automatic deduction, that's one way. Second way to get there is sell stuff, like sell stuff. There are several venues for that here in Jessamine County. On Facebook, there's the Jessamine County Yard Sale. You can post things on Facebook, and they'll go, oh, I want that. I want to buy that. Jessamine County is a great place for yard sailing, both online and real in person. You can actually, this weekend in this neighborhood, there were four garage sales, and they had big signs 
people in Jesmond County come up for garage sales. I don't know why. It was just part of our culture, okay? But sell stuff. I love the way Dave Ramsey puts it. He says, sell so much that the kids get worried they're next, right? You want to have this emergency fund, and it's that important. So sell anything that's not bolted down, all right? Last bit of advice, get or take an extra job. I've done this. When our emergency fund's gone down, when we've needed extra cash, I take on extra jobs. I've done everything from being a janitor to teaching classes to doing seminars to doing anything I have skills to do. Um, And so get or take an extra job, there's really no shame in that. But here's the deal. If you take an extra job, you have not won the Amazon lottery. If you take an extra job... This is not, hey, we're going to Disney World. Okay, get that emergency fund first, first. And don't use it. If you have debt, forget about the debt for a moment. Get that emergency fund. Get that emergency fund, okay? Your friends, your neighbors, your extended family are not prepared for unexpected events. When something goes wrong, it's a crisis. It's a relational crisis. They're coming to you at work. Will you pray for me? My hot water heater's gone. I don't know what we're going to do, right? You know people, and they, you don't want to be that. You don't want to have that worry, that stress, that relationship. You know, I don't miss those fights with Jenny at all. <laughs> I don't. When it would be a financial, you know, oh, what are we going to do? I don't know. What are you going to do? You know, and then the guns come out. It's bad for everyone, okay, including the neighbors. Okay, so set aside $1,000 if you're married, $500 if you're single. I bought a house in 2007, and they told us when we bought the house. Now, it, it, we do have a basement. It's only flooded once, and it was a fluke. Since 2007, the basement has flooded twice. I have personally replaced three sump pumps. <laughs> Flood, okay? And every time I have written a check and I've not had to worry about it because we've had an emergency fund. We're not special, we're not extra smart. I want that for you. I don't want you to have to, when something small goes wrong in your life, I don't want you to have to panic and get into an argument with people you love and fret and then activate a prayer chain that involves 50 people because you need $560. You can do this, okay? And it will make your life better, right? Do you have your assignment? $1,000 by Christmas or $500 by Christmas. It will give you peace of mind. It will give you security. And when small, unexpected things happen, you will simply write a check, and it will be no big deal. 